Hi, Jim here, and you're listening to the Honest Filmmaker podcast, career advice from people in the business. This week, I'm talking to stunt performer Adam Basil. Adam's been in blockbuster movies like Fast X, Mission Impossible Fallout, James Bond film No Time to Die, Justice League and Wonder Woman. He was also Tom Hardy's stunt double on both Venom films and appeared as the bloater in HBO's Last of Us. I talked to Adam about how he got started in the industry, his tips for new stunt performers just starting out, and of course, we talked about what it was like working on some of those massive productions. Enjoy. So I want to start by asking you, uh, how did you get in the into the industry? So um, I started as an actor who couldn't pay his rent. You know, I was um, doing theatre, I was doing profit share theatre and things like that. And you get paid at the end of it and your, your share of the profit was not enough to pay for your petrol. Yeah. So I was doing that around, you know, I did that around East Anglia and places like that. So I was doing that and then... Um, Later on, I heard there was in 2000 and in 2011, they were doing, um, they were making the film, a Tom Cruise film called The uh, Edge of Tomorrow, but I think they changed the name to Live, Die, Repeat yep. Um, yep. later on. And it was, it, so they needed people to wear these, these exosuits and, and they'd made the exosuits for sort of uh, actors with like physical presence. So they're all built for kind of people like six foot four. Mm-hmm. And these, these things, I don't know if you've seen the movie, but they're quite substantial. They have, their own shock systems on them you screwed into them but if you weren't six foot four you ended up huddled over carrying your own weight it was they were awful so but anyway they, they sort of exhausted a lot of people and were looking for people so i i heard about this and that's where i sort of, i got into it and then i started then i then i um started working on that project and that kind of went on to other things and i became part of the british stunt register so i qualified as a stunt man because you know got these six qualifications that you need in martial art i did a rally driving high diving scuba diving mountaineering and i was i always remember five and not six but it'll come back to me. so a range of skills and then you apply to equity um to, to go forward to the panel and then they pick the people and then you start again then it's like okay you're part of it you can then start communicating with coordinators stunt coordinators and then you kind of start from the level up again hello my name's adam I've just got into the stunt register. This is my page. This is my CV. And straight away, I got people. My first day on there, I got called in to go on to um, some big projects. And mm. uh, it was Chuck straight deep end, you know, rather really? scarily. Yeah, so that's, that, that was it, really. And then just built from there. Wowzers. Because I was going to ask about those skills, because I wasn't sure if that was still a thing. But it is. You've got to have all of those skills to be on that register. And is that a, that's a UK register, is it? Or is that like an international thing? It's UK only, yeah. So we're, yeah. we're lucky. Canada has a stunt register. America doesn't, and it's a little bit more of a uh, you have to prove yourself on a on a on a different basis. So we're very lucky that it gives everybody the opportunity in the UK. If you qualify, then you can be considered. Um, whereas if you know, other ones, you just have to kind of wang, kind of get in there somehow. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we're very lucky. And are there any particular skills a stunt performer has that are more desirable than others? If you're good at something particular, or yeah, I think um, the guys do really well. The kind of uh, these wushu guys do very well. Um, like high levels of gymnastics, do really well. But also anyone who's, we've I mean, got people that have come out of, uh, you know, um, uh, Moscow, Cirque uh, du Soleil, people yeah. that have come through, or Marines have mm. come through from that. So you've got people that are very high levels in each, each area, very useful. But also anyone who's a bit different. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like if you're really tall or you're really small or you're that's something that sets you apart because there's a lot of guys who are very high level that are already out there my niche was like just bigger 
yeah wasn't the best but i wasn't acrobatic but i was bigger than a lot of other people so it kind of put me into smaller you know uh group of people yeah i was it was funny i was going to ask that whether that because how tall are you i'm i'm six four on a good day when the moon six is high four on a good me. day and it and i wondered if that had been a disadvantage but it sounds like it had been a, a way into certain roles you might not have been up for totally yeah you got me considered for beauty and the beast uh to be the be the body of the beast the monster venom and blue and jungle book the last of us which i just did you know and uh cap characters so mm -hmm. you won't necessarily you don't always get those roles where you're you know there'll be a call on a movie and say like avengers and they'll bring in 60 stunt guys mm -hmm. but they want people that are like five eight to, to six foot or something so they can be formulaic soldiers you won't get those roles but you might be this sort of general at the door who mm -hmm. has a bit of dialogue and gets thrown out of a window or something so there'll be they, they, you know they, the, the roles can be more interesting but yeah it is different yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and just just for people who aren't in this industry how does the pay work do you get a standard fee does it get do you get more money if you do more dangerous things how's that work yeah so we all have a tv contract a different film contract they will have a different thing for netflix but then we have an equity standard minimum so we're really we're really lucky in that the equity and the stunt committees have worked really hard to to do that but on top of that you would get um for example if you did a stair fall the stunt coordinator would say, well, it's, you've got to have to go down the stairs backwards. It's 25 steps. You know, it's concrete. You're wearing Bermuda shorts and a short sleeve shirt. So there's hardly any protection. Then you might get paid X amount fee per take. Mm -hmm. So it, it varies, but they'll make an assessment on that. So every take you might get, and that, that's actually a, a stunt I did, falling mm -hmm. backwards, doubling Greg Davies on some steps in Ealing Hospital, and they yeah, I got paid per take. So, nice. um, yeah. So, but they're, 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 yeah, so the more money, the amount of money represents the danger. Yeah, 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 oh, that's interesting. Um, so then when you started out, were you earning enough to live on or were you still sort of ducking and diving and kind of making things happen? Yeah, um, I think, uh, let me just think about it. I was um, I was pretty lucky. I was straight into it. I was straight into it and I was, I was soon able to go kind of full-time, full-time mm. relatively quickly. Um, and that's to say because i had a niche so any, any any niche helps you know and i was able to get in and do a really good job work my, my, some people like like the work you did some people will never use you again and that's what it's like when you're trying to figure out how it, how it works because the thumb register doesn't 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 necessarily teach you it teaches you a group of skills but it doesn't yeah. teach you all the other the, to negotiate the the, the 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 other things around being a stunt performer on movies on tv yeah and then what would you say so apart from all those super the fighting and the cars and the horses and all that stuff what personal attributes do you think you need to to succeed in that industry um i think you need to be resilient you need to be you need to be i mean i i, I sort of joked before that our job is a we are we're basically paid to not complain Mm. So I'll be under a lot of duress. I'll be hot. I'll, I won't have any air. I could be in a lot of pain, you know. And um, and um, you know, you choose your moments because if you are in a lot of pain, you should say, "Can I just change these shoes, or is it possible to do this?" It's kind of a negotiation. But sometimes that's just the job, mm. you know. If you have to, I was just on a, a film. I was just on Mission Impossible recently. I don't think they might be saying, and I. You know, I had to dive through a window, smash through a window, smash through a window. I mean, there was no window in it because we were still rehearsing. But every time, boom, hits, 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 hits. 
but you're like, yeah, let's go, let's go. That wasn't particularly bad, actually, this injury. But but if you're wearing like a creature suit or something, mm. you've got a huge head on you. You've got layers and layers of fur. You've got five servos controlled. One controls the ears, one controls the nose, one controls the smile. And all you can hear is <laughs> And you're hot and it's dripping into your eyes. And when they say to you, can you do another one? Are you okay? You're just like, yeah, cool, brilliant. No problem. No problem. That's what I think you're paid to do. Just not, yes, not yes. Go, well, actually, my back is a bit sore. Can I, you know, which is what normal people would probably say, you know, and, and good for them. Do it, do it. If you're in that position to say, do say something. Because <laughs> yes, production yeah. companies, like, they won't stop for you. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, that's interesting. And um, talking of those sorts of roles you've done, because you've done a bit of a mixture. So the one that there's a few that really stick out. The, the most recent one that really sticks out is the bloater in The Last of Us. Now that, I'm assuming that's just like a full suit, is it? Like a big rubber suit. How on earth do you manoeuvre? Because there's scenes, there's all the explosions going off and all sorts. What, are you completely blind? How does that, how did it work? So yeah, the suit, you, you nailed it. That suit was different. It wasn't like seven hours of prosthetics or anything like that. There was, you could get the whole thing on within an hour. Barry Gowers and his team are the best, incredible. But the team, the legs go on, the, the legs go on, the body goes on, the, the arms go on, they put the head on last. The eyes can be removed, you can pop out the eyes. HBO having the endless amounts of money that they do and having the, the skills that they do, they could then put the eyes on later. So unless the camera was right on me, they would, they would we'd ask every time, do you need the eyes in? Do you need the eyes in? Because when the eyes are clipped in, then all I can see is a small gap. And often that would be the case. You know, I'd come onto set, we'd put this thing in, I'd have to climb out of the ground, then I'd have to smash one guy, and it's a stunt guy on a wire. He'd fly over to the left into a fence. I had to smash another guy who'd been propelled into what we call a gooch, which just double ends him, uh, flips him up. And the, then there'd be another guy I had to smash, and I had to run across the thing, all with limited visibility. So, um, yeah, and you'd always say to them, look, just to let you know, so it's clear in filming, just to let you know, as soon as these eyes go in, I won't be able to hear what you see or hear what you're saying. They're like, yeah. yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. Get them on, get, get them on. And then they put them on. They go, right, Adam, what we want you to do is we want to run across, smash that guy, do this. Like, and he's like, okay, sure. <laughs> it's good to be oh, clear, God. but they won't listen. <laughs> yeah, and it, it needs that. Because So you, you were there for it, did it all. Did it live up to what you thought it was going to be? Did it surprise you at all? You actually saw the sequence cut together. Um, it did so much of that production surprised me. So much of that production because they started prepping for it really early, you know, which is very unusual. So we started prepping for it in January, February. I was brought in for body scans. Um, and then I think we shot it in September. So they they kind of locked me down for this the hot the one quarter of the tv show so we don't know when it is but we're going to book from here to here we started building they started building the creature and then eventually we were shot in calgary in canada so we went over they were already there the team was already there because they were doing all the other um the clickers and all the other creatures so um but the final the uh the um the final product the final shoot the final what they finished within the tv show looked great i thought it was brilliant i thought it was really good and um, what surprised me was how much traction the character got because, you know, Jim, I've done a lot of different characters and, and people generally are kind of interested, but it's never got that kind of momentum where you're getting contacted oh, yeah. by, you know, ABC News wanted to do film TV with me and 
Entertainment Weekly and Men's Health and all this stuff. Like, what is going on? <laughs> Doing it's, radio interviews in New Zealand. You know, it's just crazy. What, a, great what as well? What a character to be. Do you know what I mean? Well, you're going to be uh, eating off of that uh, conventions, aren't you? Surely. When you've retired from Stuntman, you'll be that what your life will just be traveling around. Yeah. You know what? The thing, yeah, well, they, and I have done some of those. You know what? The conventions are, they, they're great place. They're really great. But the thing is with conventions now, people like Jason Momoa do them. Yeah. So you've got stiff competition, haven't you? You're like, it used to be like Doctor Who and Sylvester McCoy and these lovely people. And then all of a sudden you're like, You've got the whole cast of, of of the latest Avengers movie there. You know, you're kind of sitting there with your pen and people just walking past you. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I was a bloater. <laughs> a bloater. It's a good character, it's an awesome character, and it's such a visceral, kind of horrific character as well. Brilliant. Um, the other one, obviously, I've got to mention is a death trooper in Rogue One. Yeah. So Obviously, that was second Star Wars film to be made new of the new sweet Star Wars films. My one of my favorite, if not the favorite Star Wars film. Um, mm -hmm. What was that like putting that armor on and being in something diff so different to what we'd seen before? The uh, the thing is with the any kind of so so the the you know the Death Troopers are as we know Stormtroopers had problems shooting things. Yeah, they were they were almost uh, conscientious objectors in their in their in their accuracy right they didn't they just can't kill things right so so the we, this one we for the first time we see a death trooper death troopers like your sas your navy seal they're all six foot four they're all just mean when they turn up everyone's like oh dear the death troopers are here but they know how to shoot so um the the thing about the death trooper is it's even more comfortable uncomfortable being a stormtrooper <laughs> there's more stuff yeah on it um they are you can't sit down they're very they're very they're very the opposite of what you would think you see this elite stormtrooper that actually in reality you can't even sit down or, or go to the toilet on your own so um and the things fly off the whole time but they look great so the this that particular scene we had to come off a drop ship a drop ship but we couldn't look down because death troopers don't look down because there's it's a sign of weakness why would you look down on the ground right so we had to walk off step off boom like that and then uh, so step down and then keeping our body up and our eyes forward and then march forward into water without really looking. So as soon as you actually in reality, if you do do that ever, you generally fall over because it smashes you, you're completely throws your balance off. So all these rock hard death troopers were just falling over. <laughs> so eventually once we did get a take where we all managed to stand, then you're running across the the, the water, right? Just shooting and, and, it, and it looks great. The, the thing is, the, the, how do you know a real? If, so, if you ever come across uh, someone offers, offers to sell you a real stormtrooper mask or helmet, or a real death trooper uh, helmet, how do you know the real ones between ones you buy in a shop? The real ones are very unsafe. <laughs> they oh, churn right. them out. They would never pass any sort of CE safety certificate. They got screws sticking out. They missed up within fifteen seconds. They missed it up. We tried everything, spraying them, doing all the scuba dive. So by the time you make it across the water, 10 feet, you're, you're running blindly now. So people are tripping over uh, dead stormtroopers. People are, you know, and eventually we get to the side and now we've, we've made it, right? We've done this for days, do this shot, you know, how they work on these movies. It's days, you know, days and days and days. So eventually we get to the thing 
and then there's another scene with um with the actors on the cast and i remember i my character's now dead after this big explosion i'm laying there it's six or seven a.m when we start this scene i'm already laying there i just fell asleep i completely fell asleep i woke up i don't know four hours later surrounded by dummy dead stormtroopers going where is everybody so i stood up i take my helmet off they'd moved on they'd changed location so I was like, oh my God, I'm in so much trouble. I took my <laughs> helmet, I ran around the side and I rejoined them and nobody noticed. So um, yeah, I got away with it. Nice, it nice. And um, so you've been on a lot of films with big famous people on. Do you get starstruck ever? What's who's like the, who, who stands out for you as someone you've met and you've been like, wow. Yeah, well, there's there's certain there's certain people. I mean, we generally leave them, you know, leave them alone. But as I've got, as I've got more into it, or, or longer in the tooth, I was talking about it the other day, is you try and find an excuse to talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we, my friend Dave was here. He's a visual effects artist on uh, visual on Ready Player One, and we were talking about it the other day when Steven Spielberg, his great film, obviously a legend. We all grew up watching Steven Spielberg. So I was trying to find an excuse to just, just at least if I could just say hello to him, you know, and I did. Hello, how's it going? Oh, you're my stunt guys, are you? Like, yeah, yeah, we're your stunt guys. Good work, guys. Good work. You're like, um, so there's a lot of people I would like to to work with, but there, you know, there's a lot of people I would like to. I'd love to meet Jack Nicholson or, mm. you know, these the, the real legends. Yeah. Yeah, but I suppose you've got to just keep your head down, haven't you, and get on with it and no one wants to be bothered while they're filming even though it must be hard sometimes when you meet those iconic people to, to keep you cool because they're generally americans and if they're filming in england there's always a really good in and that mm. in is something british people are very good talking about it's the weather weather yeah so they say oh how are you uh, oh you how are you finding the weather oh god it's shitty isn't it like, <laughs> i know i know it's terrible isn't it like yes i've spoken to jason momoa yes <laughs> i've spoken to uh you know someone else so yeah that's a good tip what's the what's the weirdest job you've had <laughs> uh, all, uh i mean i remember uh, there's these these commercials i did and i remember i got called to do this commercial and they said adam, adam it's a lotus commercial you're gonna be flying to south africa i was like great i said brilliant I said um hang on a second lotus don't really do commercials they do magazines and, and i said i can't fit in a lotus because i've tried i'd love to own a lotus they're tight they're tiny so they said, no, 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 Adam, it's not Lotus cars, it's Lotus toilet roll. They're like, oh, so, okay, so Lotus toilet roll, and you're going to be playing like a Gruffalo, but we call him a Gruffalo for legal person purposes. So basically it looks exactly like a Gruffalo, but he's not got any horns, but yeah. So then I, I found myself, next thing I found myself is in South Africa, not a bad place to find yourself, dressed as a, uh, as a, as a large Gruffalo, running around the uh the wilderness um sweating with with uh yeah with a blue face because it was so hot <laughs> that's pretty nice weird. nice um and the other sorry the other role i was thinking of which is in contrast to your bloater one was dr strange where you're doing yeah. rentraff the big minotaur thing running for i've seen that mm. everyone's seen it in the making of and you yeah. you must have felt like naked in that uh you know motion capture suit you've got no protection in that and yet you're running through you know explosions what's that what's that like that is real i mean that is that's 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 someone actually running for their life in that in that <laughs> in that moment yeah there's, there's there's you're in it you're right in the back you're the, the furthest so you're deepest into the where the, the detonators are mm. 
Um, they're going to completely destroy the set. So it, it was a quarter of a million just to for the explosives and the damage to the set. It was a quarter of a million a take, right? So not including everyone's time and blah, blah, blah. So also you got five of my friends, stunt guys, were on wires. So they're all, they're all getting ready to be detonated as well, which is going off my timing. So I, I don't want to mess it up because they're going to have to do the stunt again. So they're getting jerked 20 feet. He's getting into a wall. So I've got all that added tension of, okay, I need to be here by here, here by here. And then I've also got the other, I don't mess up because they, they can't, they can do maybe one or two takes of this. Also, if any of the stunt guys do go into my legs, it's not great for them. It's definitely not good for me. And you've got the explosives. So, and you don't, we don't, in, in what we do, right? There's no real rehearsal time. There's no real, you know, you, you're right for sure. But in that sense, it's like, Adam, we're going to start you here. We're going to come back. That would never really been rehearsed, right? We mm. spoke about it on the day and 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 um, we went for it. You know, I knew that guy was going there. I knew that guy was doing that, da, 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 da. And we did, uh, I think we did two takes of the whole thing. It was, you know, it was incredible. It was incredible. It's been thick of that explosion. It was, it was really cool. All you can see is fire and rubble and, and bodies as you sort of evade them in, in a kind of rugby-esque style. As you're kind of ducking around one guy. Right, right. Is it one of my favorite ones I've done? Yeah, I was going to say, and also, I guess it's it's it might must be rare for you to see footage of yourself, you in a stunt, and that because you it's just you in that motion capture suit. I can actually see you and laugh at you jumping over bodies and running for your life in that shot. Whereas normally it's kind of you see it after the visual effects have had had time with it, and it, you know it's not you. But yeah, that was yeah. that's really really awesome scene. You can tell they put a lot of time into that. Um, yeah. And the other one I was going to ask you about was Aladdin. So, what was your role on that? How did that work? So they needed. So what they did was um, Will Smith's a pretty in shape guy, but he wasn't the body body uh, type they wanted to, mm. for the genie. So they um, they they took uh, they took uh, scans of my body. They blue dotted me, and then that's the Aladdin's body became my body became uh, the the genie's body. Ah, so. Right. Uh, um, yeah, so it's effectively based on my body. I'm not right. actually 57 feet tall and blue, but um, that was, yeah, that's that's how it worked. I've had it done before in other films on uh, Wonder Woman. They did the same thing. They just used the, a body that they like. And there was other parts where I had to carry some of the characters as as as, as the genie. But that's essentially it. They just grabbed my body and then uh, manipulated it to be the, the character they wanted, yeah. And do you recognise your body when you're watching it or not? Um, I mean, um, I guess so a bit. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's, it's quite, it's quite, um, yeah, a bit, a bit, a bit. So I'd like to say so. I mean, it's pretty, yeah. pretty ripped, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so I was going to ask you about injuries. So you mentioned injuries earlier. Yeah. That's obviously comes with the job. Um, how, how much of a big thing is that for you? How regularly do you actually get injured? And have you got long lasting injuries you have to look after so uh the worst injury i've had a few injuries nothing too bad um i did on dr strange actually at the end of that sequence i was um i detached my bicep and i smashed my collarbone so that was that was the worst injury i've had um i've had a few other things aquaman i i i, I, I uh tore my groin when i did a what a dead man when you're attached to the wall you just have to run to go into tension uh I've currently got an injury from bowling. 
There you oh, go. Right. Don't go bowling. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's a real niggly bicep thing. So that, yeah. So stunts is quite dangerous, but apparently uh, bowling is is potentially life ending. So be careful out there. Who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought <laughs> it? Um, and just finished to finish up. So say I'm a first time director making my first feature film. I'm working with stunt people. What would be your advice for me in how to communicate with them? What tips can you give me? Trying to, I'm desperately trying to not say any jokes and um, be PC, but um, I, I would say, um, I'd say kind of ask them, let them get on with it. What do you guys think? What have you decided with this shot? And then decide how, and then even say, well, you know, if you're unsure, it, or, or, it, you know, you can even, they'll have a good idea how it could be shot as well. So, and that's what, um, you know, you have, you know, it's like you have your main director, you have main unit and you have a second unit and the second unit director is uh, usually a stunt, of a, a, a stunt background. And they know exactly the best way to shoot the action. And then, then of course, so for example, we'll rehearse it. We'll pre present the director with a uh, finished previs and he'll sign off on it. He, not necessarily. He might say, no, I don't like that. I don't like the fight. I don't like the angle. Do it again. Or he might be like, yep, love it, guys. So I think it's like trusting in their knowledge because this is all they do. Whereas mm -hmm. the director's doing the whole, he's picking the music, he's picking the location with his, with his team. He's uh, the whole vision of the movie, but these guys are specifically their vision is the action. So it's always good to just go, okay, I've got the guys I wanted in the first place. What do they want? And, and I think that's often where it goes wrong. Also with the editing. So they'll they'll shoot this thing, it'll be brilliant, and then they'll send it off to a regular movie editor who will shoot it very fragmentedly, uh, if that's a word, uh, instead of just saying, get the stunt guys to edit it as well. So they'll pick the best, the, the longest shots, the the continuous shots, and you'll get a really nice the vibe. Often Hollywood, I I think, you see it, and it's very, action's very disjointed as mm -hmm. they shoot every angle and then put it all together. So yeah, trusting your, trust the stunt guys you pick, pick your guys you want, and then trust that they can deliver the best, um, best for you. Yeah, and you often see now in those Marvel movies, they've already, the stunt guys have already shot it themselves while they're practicing and then you see the final yeah. version it's very similar to that because they know how that stuff translates really well on screen um and just to finish up last question is and this might be difficult for you to answer because obviously you're you've got a niche and people must know you as a certain body type and we can get in for that he's perfect for this say i'm a, uh, a new stunt performer i've got all my qualifications where do i get work how do i get my work do i need to befriend stunt coordinators what what do i do so um so the the thing about becoming a part of the british stunt register is that you then uh you're you're privy to the contacts so anyone could email a, if anyone could email a stunt coordinator and say hello i'd like to be in stunts um this is my showreel and 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 and, and that might work for you if you're world class or something if you're but you know being part of the British Stunt Register, which the stunt coordinators are a part of, that they qualified for, they worked for for decades. You say, hello, my name's Adam. I just became part of the UK Stunt Register. Here's my stunt page. Um, if anything comes up, please let me know. Also, they then have sometimes, some of the stunt coordinators will do a, um, um, what do they call it? It'll be a help out day. 
So you can come out, you can observe the stance, you can get to meet the team, you can help clean mats, drag things around, bring people cups of tea, see how it actually works on the day, the whole production works. So um, the British Stunt Register does that for for, for the new um, the new people that get onto the Stunt Register. So yeah, that's, that's really it. It's a nice little system for that. Thanks for listening. If you want all the behind the scenes information that's going to help you with a career in a creative industry, then please do subscribe.